All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and whatever time you may view this particular live stream. I am your host, Arshawn McAway, and we're doing it pretty big. Uh, We'll just check the audio. Quadruple check, 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 double, triple check. Everything is good. Little one, do me a favor. Go ahead, close that door for me, please. So we're going to chop it up. We're going to get right into it today, man. We're going to have a little lunch, a little lunchtime chop up. Uh, Feel free to uh, hit the link if you want to come on up talk about some things that's been going on in the world. Um, I want to say this, though. It seems as if the uh, younger generation of the rappers are uh, getting checked up out of here, and we're going to be hearing from a lot of the old rappers from back in the day. So you guys might as well get ready and get used to hearing uh, LL Cool J and uh, Cool Modi and uh, anybody else that you could think of, because it's coming. Because at the rate these kids are getting checked up out of here, nobody's not going to be left but the old rappers. The old rappers uh, got out the game, and uh, it looks like they're coming back in. So, um, but you guys are well aware of the trending news that's been happening. At times. Mm. So, if you're watching this uh, on the replay, I'm eating. So, feel free to uh, go to uh, 2x speed to just kind of catch up on the conversation. That way, you won't take too long trying to find out what am I talking about. I'm just on here chopping it up. Um, I do have some stuff to do on a computer, so we'll be multitasking today. I know they say it's impossible or it's not, it's not a, what did they say? It's not progressive or something like that, but we multitask around here all the time. So we're going to be on for quite a bit. I'm doing my thing. Let me see something here. So we're going to be good to go. We're going to be good to go. It's going to be a fairly decent uh, podcast. We're not going to do any reactions possibly. Uh I don't like smacking, but I know people do like hearing it. I don't like to smack though. But I can't help it sometimes. So I wasn't, well, I wasn't going to talk about them because I don't really know too much about them. I'm familiar with their music. Very uncomfortable situation. You know what? I will say this, though. I'm very confused on the amount of money that they say people have and why they put themselves in crazy situations. You know, and I've said this to you guys before, if people are so rich, then why do they do X, Y, and Z? But I 
Um, so yeah. Um, is it twelve thirty? Excuse me, twelve thirty-seven. All right, let's see something here. Let's bring it over. Okay, back. We are back in the building. All right. The decision making of of rich people surprise me. Um, they say that he he when I say they and who we're talking about, we're talking about takeoff. Um, you know, you know. Let me say this. I'll bring a picture up of him. Um, and this is not to say. This is nowhere near any shade whatsoever. But let me let me tell you this. When I was when I was 28 years old, um, I was about my business. I don't disclose my financial income, but I was about my business. Excuse me. I had multiple businesses under my belt, but also. This is so crazy, but I was out looking for love. Right. And yeah, I went to a couple parties, but I would show up for a certain amount of time and I would bail. Right. But then after a while, after a while, I have to show you how to do it. After a while, um, what would happen was the girl that I was interested in, she would tell me, like, don't go to a party. Uh, my mom would say, hey, your status of who you are has changed. So you can't go out and do what you used to. So she was like, um, if you're thinking about partying around people that you haven't hung around in a long time, I suggest you don't do that because people get jealous because they'll look at you as if you, you outshine them and you went on to do what you were supposed to do and they didn't. And they'll take something from you. And what she was talking about was my life. So true story. It's in my documentary. Um, and this it wasn't the last time I hung out, but it was the last time I, I hung out in an area where I knew I didn't belong. I was coming out of a club and a guy pulled a gun on me. And I was with one of my friends and he was sloppy drunk, just absolutely sloppy drunk. So I was kind of like holding him up. I was with him and he had his head down and the other guy pulled the gun on me right to my stomach. And he was like, you with them? And I had no clue what he was talking about. I just came out of the club. I had got a couple numbers, walked, walked my friend across the street. He couldn't hold himself up. So we stopped on the wall. I was like, all right, man, we got to go. Cause I want to get you home because I was trying to talk to this girl, picked him up, dude come right in front of me. Never seen this dude a day in my life. Had on a long Brown trench coat, with a hat, a fedora type hat. And he pulled out like this little, I don't know, like a little tiny baby pistol, a little 22 or something like that. 
And he asked me, are you with them? And I looked around and it was like nobody there. It was like people across the street walking. It was a group of police officers, but I was like with like with them who? So <clears throat> I wasn't scared, wasn't nervous, but I was like, I know this isn't how I'm going out. Not like this. Right. That was my whole notion. Like I know I'm not going out like this. So I just I lift up both of my hands and I remember letting go of my friend and he kind of like, you know, he kind of grabbed on to me so he wouldn't fall. And I just held my hands up and I was like, man, I don't know who you're talking about. And the dude looked across the street to the police. He closed his jacket and he walked off. In that moment. I took my friend home. We went. I took him straight to his house. I had in the very, very back of my mind, I had the two the two girls that I was going to hit up. I was like, man, I'll talk to them some other time. Maybe about two days later, about two days later, I went ahead and I had produced my own documentary. Full documentary is out. The trailer is out. I did this back in 20, was it 2012, 2014, somewhere up in there. And um, I seen my life flash before my eyes. So I had always been doing things to surpass my, my living, so to speak. And from there, I started I started writing more books. Um, I wasn't. I need to find out what time that was because I published. I published it that year. That the documentary that year. Let, let's find out. Let's see if I can uh, bring it up. But anyway, I'm looking for love at the time. I was more so looking for like, how do I secure my financial future? One day, uh, it, at that time, I was like, I'm gonna be thirty. I'm gonna be forty. I'm gonna be fifty. Right now, I'm thirty nine. And I'm extremely successful, but I don't put myself, I do not put myself in those situations like takeoff did or like some of these rappers, they're, they're caught up in a different dynamic. However, it seems as if, and this is just my speculation and my observation, but it seems as if it points towards black men though. Right. I get it. There are some Indian people, some Asian people, some white men down you know but for the most part what's what's uh nationally advertised is that the rapping community of rich entrepreneurs are being taken out so <clears throat> so yeah so i i stayed on top of my ground for a little bit and i want to get the age right because there was a certain point in my life where i was not paying attention to women at all um, because I was just so focused on making money, like making the bread. Um, let's see what year. Cause I, I, uh, did the documentary. I rode around, we did some things and I just went ahead and published it. And I think I put it out that same year that I got into like a little altercation. Uh, let me see. Yeah. I have produced my own docu-series and I did another five part series. Um, it was maybe about two years old back in 2018. I did another one. I did a five part series called the history of Darshan. All this stuff, by the way, 
is on my YouTube page in my playlist. I'm just trying to find this trailer because I, I know I put it in here, but so so I get it, man. Um, we, we are going to read uh, the comments here in a second. I'm just trying to pull up this documentary so I can find out what year. I should know this, but I'm doing so much stuff. We don't get cold. All right. So So yeah, excuse me. You guys catch me on my on my lunch break. I got to do some things. Got to help the little one with her homework. You need some help? Oh, I'm talking. You need to record something. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna mute my microphone. You guys, just bear with me real quick. You should take. Go. Ahead. You should take that in your room, actually. All right. Okay, so I share. I share an office with my little one. <laughs> I share an office with my whole family. <clears throat> Gotta love it. If you guys don't know the story, uh, Stephanie and I actually met in. Um, so back in 2016. No, 2016 was when I published it, but I got into the altercation in 20, 2011. So I'm wrong. So 2011 is when somebody pulled a gun on me. And. I put, I was doing the work for the documentary, but I didn't put it out until 2016. That's what it was. That's what it was. <clears throat> anyway, let's go ahead and read some comments here because we're going to be on for a little bit. I still got to finish up my lunch. We got easy underscore Mike. Yo, I seen your comment the other day. Thank you for dropping a comment. I really do appreciate it. Uh, easy Mike says, it's something about the hood that attracts me always has but i know i shouldn't be around them like the old days not safe yeah absolutely i i get it i understand i understand um it, it it's that feeling of still trying to be with the in crowd you know uh do i feel attracted to the hood uh the the women and the lifestyle is addictive um at that time I didn't feel attracted. Uh, we know what it was. Close the door, sweetheart. You know what it was? For me, I felt like I had felt like I wasn't keeping it real with my friends because I had took off. I had became successful. I had got books and products inside the stores. I was on commercials. <clears throat> And my friends, the ones that did have my number, they would hit me up and say, yo, man, come out. Um, they used to offer me up home girls. Some of my friends used to offer up their cousins. You know, I've always been handed like a platter, so to speak. So I would kind of go back to that, knowing that it was easy or one of my homeboys had a girl for me. Uh, because he spoke so highly of me, 
and he was still like what they would consider in the trenches. But I would go back hmm. until one day, one of my homeboys is like, bro, he's like, you cool with us? He was like, but we want to see you make it. He was like, man, you ain't got to come back around here to kick it with me. Like, I'll come I'll come to where you at. You know what I mean? He was like, I'll come chill with you. Uh, you can show me something new. And believe it or not, um, I still talk to him to this day. We went to, oh, what's it called? The Sunset? Uh, what year was that? It was. It's a place in West Palm Beach. The Sunset. From what I remember, I heard it was like one of the most dangerous clubs to be in. I'm in there with my homeboy. We chilling. It's popping. We had a couple of drinks. And when I hang out with my friends, um, we all buy each other drinks. I buy you around. You buy me around. We just go back and forth. We get up to about five or six rounds. But this night was different. This night was like three rounds. When I tell you, <laughs> bro, when I tell you it was so lit in there, this was before the word lit, before I even heard the word lit, right? Sunset was packed from wall to wall, had a DJ banging music. I'm talking about none of that top 40 music. I'm talking about straight hood music, just getting it in. It's way more chicks than dudes. Perfect crowd, right? My homeboy, he tugged me. And he was like, bro, we got to go. I was like, what's up? He was like, I see a dude in here that he bought that straight foolishness. He's like, bro, we got to go. So I was like, all right, cool. I say, let me go holler at this girl because I seen her looking at me. So he like, all right, all right. And sometimes, well, they used to call me Will Smith until Will Smith did that, that goofy stuff. So he like, all right, Will Smith, go ahead, do your thing. So I go over, I pull the girl number. I tell her that I'm about to leave. And no joke, no joke, dude that was about the foolishness, came up behind the girl. He grabbed her by the stomach and like pulled her away from me, but like kind of like pulled her like out the way, like was like looking at me like, what's up? And I was like, damn, my friend just told me about this dude. So I just walked off. No joke, man. Walked off. We get up out of there. They had like formed like this barricade and they were just watching me walk off. And the dude was like, yeah, get on up out of here. And I had never been back since. I ain't never, we never, we, we never went back since. And, um, my friend, he had apologized to me. He was like, bro, my bad, bro. I shouldn't have took you there. He's like, I just wanted to see you do your thing. I wanted to see how many girls you were going to come out there with. I was like, I got about five numbers. So I, I used to always get numbers always. Um, but yeah, sunset was lit. It was fun, but I had put myself in a dangerous situation, but I didn't really know about it at the time. But ever since then, though, my friend, when we go hang out, we go to like upper echelon spots like we don't go. We try to go places where, well, it's been a while, but we try to go to places where people don't have guns and, and everything like that. But if I do go anywhere, I roll with security if um, if I do anything. So I hire security when I go out anyway. And it's like I have a code word. I use the word. It's just. It's, I don't use the word unless it's absolute uh, danger. So, because my life changed a lot, man. I don't take I don't take anything for granted. My life changed a whole lot. 
you know, I have a family. I like where I live. I like to buy myself food. I like to eat sometimes. Not well, I like to be able to just this is what we do in my house. No joke. Here we go. I don't know if you guys can see this. Let's bring it up. This is a quarter. It has a hole in it. So what we do in my house is, and this this is hands down anywhere you want to go. It can it could be roof Chris. It could be um up here. I don't know if you guys are familiar with a place called Cheddar's, but there's a place called Cheddar's, but it's like an hour away from us, right? Anyway, whole point to the story is we flip a coin. We always flip a coin. We name two places. Anybody can eat anywhere they want. We flip the coin. Heads is this place. Tails is this place. <clears throat> the reason I do it that way is because there was a time in my life where I, I couldn't flip a coin because I didn't have the money to go get anything to eat for the past maybe 10 years. Cause I've been, I've been with Stephanie for 10 years. We've been married for seven for the past 10 years. Whenever we can't make a decision, we, we flip a coin and that's where we go. It could be any place. It can be any amount of money. That to me, that to me is success. I can eat where I want, when I want, how I want to. But the the real success is when you keep yourself healthy, right? You got your nice peace of mind, good relationships with people, nice and healthy, taking care of your, your body weight, stuff like that. That's the real success. But when we look at the news, <clears throat> we see things like this. It's um it's discouraging. You know, it's discouraging to to see that. The young people at 28 years old, bro, at 28 years old, I'm talking about, man, I was just, I was living my life, bro. Bro, I used to just, I don't even know how to say this. I used to just, I had to pick up the litter, right? My wife knows about these stories. I wrote the books on this stuff. I had to pick up the litter. 28 top tips, tip top shape, no kids, nice little whip, money in my pocket. Go. I used to, uh, when my homeboys used to hit me up, like impromptu, yo, bro, let's go hang out. Let's go. Let's go. There's a, um, on a Sunday, love this. There's a day party downtown. I'm like, bro, I ain't got no clothes. I was like, all right, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Swing me by the store. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get some clothes. You talking about popping tags. I'm talking about popping tags. And I know some people say, oh, that's nasty because people try on clothes. But you can tell when somebody haven't tried on something. Bro, I don't care if it was a TJ Maxx, if it was Marshall's, especially in Florida. The TJ Maxx, the Marshall's, the Sawgrass Mills Mall, uh, any spot in Fort Lauderdale where they sell clothes, like you coming out fresh. So we was up, I was up in Palm Beach Gardens and we would go to downtown West Palm Beach for the Sunday day parties. I would go pop a tag. Boom. Come out fresh. The clothes I had on, I just put them in the bag that I just bought the clothes in, throw them in the trunk. It's whatever. It's whatever. So I get it. I get it. But when you become, I don't want to tell myself, when you become financially settled, there's just some things you can't do like you used to. You can bring the party to you. 
you could um, find out about the private elite parties and you really have to handpick who's there. I heard that it was a private party, but it just can't it just can't beat no hoodness going on. It just it just really can't. You know, we got another comment from Easy Mike. Easy Mike says uh, for me and my girl, it's hard to leave the hood because of how we like to look and dress. Excuse me. It's hard to have our image outside of the hood, but it seems silly to stay just for clothes, sneakers and nails. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but, I, you know, this I don't want to just make it just the hood thing. Um, This happens to white people, too. This happens to white people. This happens to Asian people. Like everybody kind of gets pulled back because you do have some people that look at you like you're not keeping it real, you know. And it, it's um, I, what I would like to say to anybody who's becoming financially stable, financially settled. You don't have to prove any points to anybody. You don't have to prove a point to your family. If your family live in a hood, you ain't got to go down there and visit. As a matter of fact, I'll go a step further by telling you can say to your family or your friends, like, bro, I'm not I'm not about that life because it's like I'm not coming to where you are. Oh, why not? You too bougie? Yeah. Yep. Man, I'm bougie. <laughs> I'm bad and bougie. Right. So it's like, nah, I'm cool. But that's one thing a lot of people got to do, too. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> you got to learn how to speak up for yourself. You got to learn how to speak up for yourself and just say, no, nah, I'm cool. Oh, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Or maybe I'll catch you next time and then bring them in your environment. But sometimes when you bring them in your environment, it is kind of frowned upon that if that person don't know how to behave themselves, then you you're looked at as guilty by association. So, I mean, do what you feel. Um, I'm still cool with all my friends, but I'm not trying to go back to save the hood or nothing like that. I didn't grow up in the hood anyway. So I'm, let me let me preference that. I'm not a hood kid. I've been I know where the hood is. I've been around the people that lived in the hood, but I'm not from the hood at all. I'm actually from, I don't even know. I, I don't think it's even considered middle class. I'm from, is white collar, like really high? I'm from a high value family. My dad, my mom, my stepdad. If I was to do anything goofy, They'll be like, what? What are you what are you doing? Why would you do that? So I'm I'm not from I'm not from the hood at all. Hmm. I would actually venture off to say I'm a high value kid. Because Yeah, I'm a high value kid. <laughs> they don't talk about those. They just talk about high value men, but I'm a high value kid. So. <laughs> but I got my own money though. My parents they didn't they when I when I I say this uh, uh let me see maybe I can find a better term. My parents didn't give me any money. Um, they just told me that I do have the ability to do it on my own. 
and that they will only help me if I absolutely positively needed dire help. But if it's my idea, you got to make it come true on your own. And um, I realized that. I used to think, though, I used to think that they didn't care. I used to think that they didn't love me because they wouldn't do what I wanted them to do. And then I realized that that's my dream. That's my vision. That's my idea. And with dreams, visions, and ideas comes the requirement of money. And it's not that your parents don't, they don't believe that you can't do it. They just don't believe in it the way you do. And that's, that's the type of family I came from where, oh, we believe in you, but your idea, we don't believe in it the way you do. That's why they tell people, you know, keep your dreams, your visions and your goals to yourself because the other person, they don't feel that kinetic energy of what you're trying to do. And you would look at them like, can't you see it? I see it as clear as day. And they're like, I mean, good for you, but they're not interested in why they got their own set of problems. They got their own set of issues. Hell, they have their own dreams and their goals themselves. So when you're their child, it's like, man, I'm raising you. Cool. I'm teaching you. Cool. Now you got this idea and it's like, geez, I, I got my own set of ideas, you know, so it, it takes a. It takes a real strong parent to keep on setting aside their dreams for their children, because I know you say, well, no, that's the part of being a parent. Uh, uh-uh. Not 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 entirely. Not when your child is capable of working for themselves and you're pointing them in the right direction that they should go, i.e. meaning financially, if you have an idea that you're trying to get out there, um, did you research how much it's going to cost you to start it? Okay, you did. You found out how much. Okay, well, how much money have you been putting aside for your investment of an idea? It's not up to me if Anaya comes to me at what, 18, maybe 25 for her to say to me, hey, daddy, I want to start my own shoe company. I will go, okay. Um, I know I have the money to help her start it, but it's not my idea. It's not my vision. It's not my dream. It's not my goal. Let me find out how much she knows. Let me see her business plan. Let me see how serious she's been taking it and then point her in the right direction. Maybe be somewhat of a a contributing investor, but not to give her all of the money because that defeats the purpose of you going for it for yourself. So, but when I was growing up, it wasn't broken down to me like that, which is why I have such a good relationship with my daughter and my wife when it comes to business and in our books, in our companies. So, but that's what I talk about over here. I kind of weave in and out because what you'll find about this, about these stories that I'm telling it's all relatable to what's happening in the world. Let me get you to understand something. These rappers, 
I'm gonna put myself in the uh, in the shoes of the rappers for a, mem- a moment because I've been there. I talked about some stuff. These rappers they want to be um, seen as like liked and real, and they they keep it hood. And they've been told time and time again that hey man, you can't go back to where you used to stay because that's the bottom of the barrel. So as a parent, you start teaching your kids that there are certain groups of individuals that they think there is a lack of something. They think that life is invaluable. So when you come around, it takes them nothing to take something from you or to even take your life. So there is a certain type of intellect that you have to have when you start to become progressively better and to have a a substantial amount of money where you go, okay, I don't need to be around that. So I'm going to go this way, you know, but it's really hard for people to do, but you gotta, you gotta go ahead and discipline yourself because you'll find yourself um, in a situation that you can't get out of. So you got to be careful when you're out here, you know, people say they move with their head on a swivel, but I'm not for sure they really do. You know, that situation, man, is oh, it's, the video. The video is pretty chilling, too. You know. That video is something else. That video is something else. But, yeah. Um, what we got? You know, so it just it, it lets me. uh it makes me beg the question, like, are people really rich, though? You know, because they talk about people's net worth and, you know, the the going census about takeoff, you know, uh, rest his soul. The going census that, oh, he was worth twenty six million dollars. If I had twenty six million dollars, I wouldn't be this. And it's like, no, that's not true, because just the other day, uh, P. Diddy, P. Diddy, who's who's supposed to be worth billions of dollars. He was about to fight in the middle of the street on Halloween. And he and he got buku bucks. So they allegedly that's why I don't really like to talk about people's money, because when situations like this happen, I go, do you really have money? Because and to me, if you really got it, you wouldn't put yourself in those scenarios. You wouldn't argue with anybody. You just, hey, security handle that. It's like I'm not I'm not, you know. So I don't know if, if P Diddy was joking. Let, let me see. Let me let me see if I can show the video. I think it's real. I think it's real. <laughs> P Diddy fight. What they were calling it. So because somebody had said something, I was listening to a a panel, and they were saying that uh, P Diddy's worth this, and he and he wouldn't do this, and I was like, he was just about to fight somebody in the street. You know, uh, P. Diddy and Michael Ferguson get into an altercation. So let's do this. Let me see if I can pull it up. So they because they were trying to compare the Migos to P. Diddy and they were saying, well, the takeoff, the one who passed away, he was worth twenty six million and P. Diddy is worth something billion. And I was like, but they if you look at the situation, it was an altercation nonetheless, right? P. Diddy was in the street 
of of New York or wherever he was, and he was about to get into a fight and acting a fool too. Let's see if I can pull it up. And I was like, uh, first, first of all, you, you guys got to understand, and I don't mean to be a damper about this, but but death has no time. It, it doesn't care about if you're rich. It doesn't care if you're sanctified and holy. It doesn't care if you're a backslider. Uh, death comes for for everyone at some point. I think if anything, you just want to make sure that you've been living your life uh, according to not hurting anybody right if you if because a lot of people want to know like what's a good person well to me in my opinion a good person is somebody who's not doing any sort of harm to anybody else like whatsoever you're not um scamming anybody you're not taking advantage of anybody you may take advantage of an opportunity to to level up but in that opportunity you're not hurting someone and what do i mean by hurting someone i'm, I'm talking about physically hurting someone, emotionally hurting someone and looking at the outcome. When you become a responsible adult, you're not obligated to just look out for everybody in the world, but you are obligated to calculate certain steps that you will make in life. Um, this is where the, the charity aspect of me comes into play. When I start thinking about certain things, I calculate, you know, I, how can I put this? I calculate like what would happen if I do this? Like how many other people will it affect? That, like those type of calculations, you know? Um, and like, okay, for, for example, <coughs> if you're developing a neighborhood, because I come from a construction background, if you develop a neighborhood and um, you, you gentrify it or whatever, the people that have to move out, okay, how many of those people are going to be disproportionately placed somewhere else where they can't afford or they're not going to have a home? Is it my responsibility to help them find a home? No. But could it be my responsibility somewhat to provide them resources that wouldn't put them out of place that will put them in a shelter? Yeah. You don't have to, but that's the type of responsibility I'm talking about. And um. A lot of people don't they don't look they don't do that. They don't do it that way. They just come through, mow it down and you just got to find your own place in the world. And, you know, the thing I dislike about the world, which I'm hoping to change, is how we don't uh, consider other people. We just go. Uh, it's better. What is, what's the saying? It's better me. It's better you than me or something like that. We just we just kind of just treat people any kind of way, you know. And it's this whole thing about you have to fight for this opportunity and you got to fight for what you want. And you start thinking, like, OK, well, who who am I fighting? You know, like, who who am I fighting to? And what am I going for? Like, what, what am I what am I doing? Like, OK, because the world is teaching us to aspire to be multimillionaires. Nothing wrong with that. Go ahead. Be a multimillionaire. But in that you got to fight for it. And I'm like, OK, well, OK, what what a person that who, who am I fighting? And then when you turn around, you look in the mirror, you go, oh, oh, I'm fighting myself. You're right. You know, I'm fighting myself because people will tell you. People will tell you that life is hard. I've always heard that life is hard. Life is hard. And I agree with some parts of it. Let's talk about parenting. Life becomes hard for a parent. 
that does not have the other participating parent there to help, whether you're a single mother, a single father, and you don't have the finances, yeah, life can become hard because you can't provide for the child the way that the governmental system requires you to provide for the child, right? The way life is kind of set up for kids to be comfortable, for parents to be comfortable. You can't do what you're supposed to do. So a lot of times, yeah, in that instance, life becomes hard. But as a whole, is life hard, though? And and, and, and if it is, what's so hard about it? Ask yourself that. What If people keep on telling me that life is hard, what's so hard about it? Oh, they're talking about the amount of bills that you have to pay. Well, let's talk about your bills. Who accumulated those bills? Right. Who told you to go finance this? Who like who's telling you to do all this stuff? Oh, help build your credit. And do OK. You find yourself out spending yourself when you can't keep up. Then life becomes hard. But then when you take a, a seat back and go, wait a minute, I can reduce this. I don't need to buy clothes. I don't need the latest cell phone. I don't need the latest car. Actually, I can go get a used car, pay 2000 for it, maybe fix it up here and there, but I don't need to be paying monthly bills. The insurance is a little too high. Let me find the cheapest insurance. Like It's things that you have to put in perspective so you don't live outside your means. Now, I'm no dummy when it comes to this, but the world is low-key promoting, you know, go travel, live your best life. That's fine. Go do that. But if you don't have the money to do so, that's okay. It's okay. And the other day I was debating on talking about this, but I'm going to go out and say it. Unfortunately, everyone is not going to be millionaires and billionaires. Why? Because a lot of people are not going to live to see the opportunity to become a millionaire and a billionaire. I used to say that a lot. I used to say, oh, everybody's not going to become millionaires and billionaires because you have to have you have to have employees and you have to have an employer. Now, is there an opportunity for you to become a millionaire, billionaire? Yeah. Yeah. But is everyone going to become one? No. Some people are just not going to make it to the finish line. They got the idea for it, but they're not going to make it to the finish line. And it's not to say like poor them. It's just the recycle of life. It's not going to allow many of us to maximize the full end all be all potential of who we are. Like no one's going to get there. It, it may look like you're going to get there, but there's I would like to say the longer that you live, the more you'll be capable of doing. But you bring it back and you look at the people who are 90 and 100 years old, they're living longer but they they can only do so much because of their physical attributes of what they have. So I don't think anyone really gets to the tippity top without something happening. Or some people may get to the top, but it's, it's like a hard fall, whether that fall be death or losing money. It's, it's always going to be something. So you got to keep, keep yourself in perspective be a little bit more practical, be a little bit more logical, <clears throat> but still, you know, live your life, you know? So let's find this P Diddy video. Cause I, 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 when I saw this, I was like, okay, here we go. 
this is this we're gonna do fair use um go ahead and share my screen we're gonna do a fair use if you've already seen this uh go ahead and put a one in the chat or whatever if you haven't seen it put a two and we'll get it going i thought it was fake at first but then i was looking at the actor and i was like no nah, he like he's serious like he about to bang p diddy up and you know when guys have security when guys have security they always talk tough i've never not seen a guy with security um never not talk tough but i'm i'm showing this video because no matter how much money you have no matter your situation an altercation can follow you anywhere so what happened to take off uh sad to say it but it's just it's a sign of the times it's the it's the evolution of life and it's also the recycle hopefully he lived his life in according to uh i want to say maybe god's purpose but a good purpose for his family because again my mom says this to me too man and even my dad when they talk about tomorrow's not promised i've seen things happen in the blink of an eye you know so i've always heard my grandma say this who's still alive to this day she says stay prayed up you know and it's it's just a it's a it's a place of comfort it's a thing of knowing if you're living your life accordingly, right? Meaning if you're not doing anything wrong, then if something does happen to you, everything that you was already working on, it's, go it's just going to go unfinished anyway. But at least your family know and you know that you were doing, you would, you were working towards doing it right. You know, if you guys see my, well, you never see it, but this is a lack of a better term. If you guys see my home, my desk my area you would consider it to be like uh o what is it ocd um even even like my wife and my daughter's desk just the way we live we live and and i let me say that let me be very clear when i say this when i first met my wife she was my girlfriend i was telling her um i'm not living scarce but I say I, I kind of walk this earth on eggshells because of the things that happened to me, the things I've seen happen in the blink of an eye. So I don't like to have a lot of stuff. Right. So my home is very fun sway. Right. We could pack up in three hours. But when you come in, it's filled up. But it's not like it's trash over here and it's stuff that we got to get rid of in boxes. Like if anyone in my family was to come into my home. And if something had happened to us, God forbid, they would know exactly what to do. Also, I have a will. Also, I have uh, a paper printed up with all my passwords from, from every website I've been on. Um, everybody in my phone uh, knows a code, you know. So I don't do, I, I'm not doing, it kind of sounds boring, like you're a goody two shoes. It's not that. It's just that I realize, I realize what life is made of. And I understand that I'm not going to be here 200, 300 years from now. And I found peace with that. See, I got sick back in 2018. And I did not see tomorrow. Right. In 2018, I did not see tomorrow. My little girl, she was about two years old. We had just came out with our best selling children's book. Uh, the second one, uh, Anaya's Trip to Space. And, you know, at that time. 
I had already had the other books ready, but I had made up in my mind that this pain that I'm going through, that I don't want to continue life anymore. I, I just couldn't take it. So <clears throat> I did the silly little thing, talking to God, telling him to, you know, that I'm ready. And then I went to sleep and woke up and I repented, asked God for forgiveness. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't know what I was thinking. And what was happening for me was I was in so much pain because the medicine, uh, the morphine, they didn't give it to me. So your body does that. The nerve system does that. Like, hey, man, just just go ahead. Check out, you know, your body, your body will make you do some things that you you, you wouldn't believe. So I ended up um, hitting a button. They came in, gave me some more medicine. I said my prayer again and God gave me a vision. He gave me a vision of exactly what to do and how to do it. And I, I kid you not, the home that we're in now, I, I had saw this back in like 2018. And I've had three deja vu occurrences that I told my wife about. And I say, hey, we're going to be fine. I said, we're going to be here for a long time, too. So anyway, long story short, 2018, come over it. My father gives me a call. My father tells me, uh, read the book of Job. And in the book of Job, just as a synopsis, Job went through a lot of different things, but he never cursed God. So I thought that my prayer talking to God, telling him to like, hey, I want to be taken away from here. I thought that was me cursing God, but I never blamed God for my situation. So as I'm reading the book of Job, I realized that God had gave Job a lot of different tests. He let Satan and Lucifer, if you will, test them. And basically, you know, that you guys call him the devil. He tempts you, right? Temptation only comes from the things that you want. You never get tempted by what you need. R remember that. You never get tempted by what you need. You always get tempted by what you want. So what Satan wanted Job to do was, man, go ahead. You know you want to curse God. So that let me know that Job, that was his temptation, but he never did it because God said, hey, go test him because I know his heart is pure. He talks to me all the time. Go try that one. You can do whatever you want to him. He took his family away from him. He took his wife away from him. Never cursed him. So in that lesson, I realized that, oh, we're going to be tested just because. And I had my just because test and I passed my test and God allowed me to stay here until this time and, and further. So in that, I started realizing that the visions and the ideas that he was giving me, I better act on them. So if any of you know my story, um, that same year, I ended up creating my own cologne. I ended up creating my own clothing line. And there were about two other websites that I had created. I did four websites. I think we have a total of about 11 different e-commerce businesses that I had started. Well, some of them were already into place, but I had started most of them from the 2018 up until now. So ever since then, I don't waste time. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I don't waste time acting on an idea because a lot of times these ideas now for me, it doesn't require a whole bunch of money. So, uh, you know, I, it's just my, my hopes and my expectations for you guys to know that you are going to be tested. And when you're tested, you're being tested by the things that you want, not necessarily what you need. So do you need a billion dollars to live life? No. Do you want a billion dollars to see what it feels like? Yeah, possibly. 
So life is going to test you on how badly do you want it? What type of things are you going to do? You're going to sell your soul. Look what people are doing. Look what people are doing now to get to the money. They're doing uh, adult film content. They're doing only fan content. Uh, people are selling pictures of body parts, like just to get to the money, just to live comfortably, just to say that they have it, just to ride the latest Lamborghini, just for materialistic things and missing out on the opportunities of creating memories with family, people who you don't know, people who you probably need to get to know, the younger cousins, the nieces and nephews that are under you. Well, when you get older, you're going to kind of anticipate the younger generation kind of like helping you out a little bit. And they're going to be like, no, I don't know you. I, I never, my auntie told me about you. My mama told me about you, but I don't know you. And they're going to be the closest next to kin and they won't help you. Why? You didn't take the time to get to know them. You didn't create any memories. There's no pictures. There's no dialogue. Yeah, I know you so-and-so, but I'm not going to stop my life for you. So you can chase after the money all you want to. You can live the best life and live in the mansions, but at the end, it's always going to be a person taking care of you. Now, granted, some of you are going to be put in a nursing home. Some of you are going to be put in a hospice. And then you ask yourself, well, what happened to all that money that I had? Because that money should be taking care of me at this state. And that's been my thing. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 40 in December. My thing is I'm putting money aside now. So when I'm in my home, I can be taken care of in my home. I don't want to go to no nursing home or God forbid a hospice, but I want to be taken care of in my home, you know, type of deal. So anyway, that's enough of that. We'll we'll catch up on a, another. We got some more stories like that, but let's go into this. Um, hopefully I can hear it. Uh, this is P. Diddy uh, getting into a altercation with the actor from Power. Michael Ferguson. Uh, let me know if you're tuned in. Let me know if you can hear it. Because um, sometimes this thing does what it wants to. You don't like me? You get to it. You don't like me? You in front. Get to it. Don't play with me on Halloween. I'm out here with love. You want to have love? It's what up, baby. What's up? You come over here and I'll show you. All right, so let's do this. I thought that they were going to show the video. I want to see the video. So just bear with me. I do have uh, a conclusion to this. So I don't want you guys to go anywhere. So bear with me. Because I thought the Breakfast Club was going to show the video. Nah, let's hey, listen to the audio. You yeah i, I want to see the video <laughs> i want to see the video because because this this goes to what i'm saying about about takeoff passing away um it doesn't matter how much money you're perceived to have right i'm, I'm trying to let I me mean, be very clear it doesn't matter it does not matter because even okay let's let's say this let's just let's say this let's say they were um Two billionaires getting into a fight. The the altercation, it, it follows people. You know, you could be considered a good person and all this type of stuff. When it's time for the altercation to come, when it's time for the test, 
it's it's just going to come. It doesn't it doesn't matter how rich you are. It's not it's not it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, so you can put yourself in the best light, but it doesn't matter. Um All right, here we go. Did they hug or were, were they faking? Like what's the deal? I'm curious. All right. I was supposed to put up my um, fair use. All right, so we're going to do this. Let's go ahead and bring this back up again. All right, so here we go. Chrome tab, P. Diddy, Ferguson. All right, here we go. Let's see if we can bring it up. Hopefully, this is the full video. Um, this is a fair use. We are watching this on the YouTube channel of Viral Wave TV Entertainment. We're going to bring this up and let's try this real quickly. And again, like when I when I first saw this, uh, like I mentioned before, I thought it was fake, but. I don't know. I don't know. It could, it could be fake. It could still be fake. But we're going to we'll find out. We'll do a little investigating. We'll do a little investigating. Let's see. Hopefully you guys can hear it. And everything is Gucci. Let's do this. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> You're a clown. <laughs> What's up, baby? Wait, what you got, baby? What you got? What's up? You don't like me? The motherfucking get to it, nigga. You don't like me? You motherfucking front get to it, bitch. Don't fucking play with me on Halloween. I'm out here with love, nigga. You want to have love? It's what up, then, can you guys hear that can you guys hear that all right y'all can hear that don't do it for the crowd. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? For what? So love, so love, bro. So love, bro. Yo, 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 bro. So love. Come here, give me a hug, though. You lucky, though, nigga. You lucky. No, I'm really about that. But I love you. And we're together. We're stronger together. You lucky, nigga. Come to the after party and change your vibration. Okay. All right. Oh, it looks like. Okay, I get it. I get it. So the actor, uh, it looks like he didn't know who who uh, P Diddy was because of the costume. So it looked like something uh, probably had popped off. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense if, if that's if that's what the situation is. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but anyway, it's an altercation nonetheless. I'm glad it turned out to be what it was. 
Um, so, you know, salute to P. Diddy for um, for making it happen and kind of changing up the vibration. It's just, uh, it is, you know, it is, um, it's sad to see, you know, other black men such as myself not being able to just live life and be rich, right? Whatever rich is, right? It really is unfortunate. And at such a young age, when I found out that he was 28, I was thinking to myself, I say, man, I was having fun at 28, but I wasn't in circles like that, you know? And nor my friends wouldn't let me be in circles. My, my friends, my friends wouldn't, they wouldn't, man, they wouldn't. Not even to, especially today, they'd be like, nah, bro. They, they'll, they'll say, hey, man, we're, we're going to go to the store. We're going to go buy some drinks and we're going to take it back to the crib and you can tell us some stories. We'll put on some music. Uh, you most of them stay in like an apartment complexes, bro. We got the swimming pool. And if people come out, they come out. But for the most part, bro, we just just tell us the stories. And boy, do I, I got stories. I got stories. You know what I mean? Uh, good, bad and indifferent, if you will. But I got stories, you know, so we would do stuff like that. And besides. You're not missing out on much when you go to the club anyway. Nothing but a whole bunch of hot heads or what they consider uh, what we talk about. Hard legs ain't nothing but a whole bunch of hard legs in the club. You don't want to be around a whole bunch of dudes showing off for the females um, on alcohol, on liquor. And because that stuff make you tough, or at least it make you feel like you're tough, you know, make you feel like you're tough, man. So you got to be careful. But I was going to get on here and talk about takeoff. I was going to get on here and talk about Derek Jackson. I think I still want to talk about Derek Jackson. Uh, you know what? What happened to Derek Jackson anyway? Let me see something. Because I was listening to a um I was listening to a stream from a guy called um Obsidian. And he talked about Derek Jackson and how much money he made off of Derek Jackson. And uh I was actually uh I was actually pretty impressed about the amount of money that this person had made off of uh off of Derek Jackson content. He said he made like a hundred and a hundred plus thousand dollars. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So here here's how I discovered Derek Jackson. <laughs> so I remember looking at Facebook and Okay, he's doing about 16 minutes worth of content. I remember, I wish I knew the name of this video. Uh, let me see. I think he had on a red shirt. And I was like, what is this dude talking about? Um, is it why men smarten up when it's too late? Anyway, let's do this. Let me do a share screen over here. So for those of you who uh, don't know, I've been writing relationship books for a few years. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not alpha. I'm not beta. I'm more so Sigma, if anything. Right. And one thing I've noticed from my advice 
It always comes from like a practical standpoint. And I realize I've always kind of been this way. I'm not I'm not exalting the man. I'm not exalting the woman. I'm saying if you two are going to come together, this is what's likely to happen. Right. And it comes from experience. It comes from relationships. So most of my books, especially this one, Girlfriend versus Wife Duties, it should pop up on the screen here in a second. Most of my books come from a place of research and experience. So when I was listening to Derek Jackson, uh, man, I wish I could find that video. I was like, I understand where he's coming from, but boy, does he have on a white cape, right? And and a lot of men who are familiar with his content, they don't like the fact that he panders to women. And by him pandering to women, they took a liking to him. Well, if you don't know, he had got exposed. Somebody had exposed him. Oh, I think it was Tasha K. I think that's what it was. I enjoy watching Tasha K. Listen, shout out to Tasha K. I really enjoy your content. You have gotten me through a lot of different things when it came to, to doing my work. So it's a big shout out to Tasha K. I hope you get a chance to see this short. Um, because when she had talked about Derek Jackson, you know, she's animated. She's over the top with it. And I was I was tuned in for that live stream. So anyway, Tasha K had a young lady come up on the show and basically call out Derek Jackson. Well, the heat got so hot, it got back to his wife. So no one knew. No one knew that dude was married. I don't even think they knew he even had kids, right? And when it unfolded on him, it made a lot of sense why his content was hitting home because he was talking about himself. And it made so much sense. When you can talk with conviction on anything, you're, you're kind of coming from your own personal experience. So that's why my books and a lot of my content, uh, as far as like my digital content aside from YouTube, was doing so well because I was speaking from a place of conviction. This is what I've been through. You can't tell me different. So I went through like majority of his videos and in the videos, you could see that <laughs> this dude is cold blood in the videos you can see through the window that he was at old girl's house that he was cheating on so what made it worse for him was that all the men kind of came at them extra hard and then there were some of the women that thought that they had a chance to get with him that you know that they were going to be next until they found out that he was married now there are a group of women who just simply don't want to mess with a married man because you're married. You took your vows in front of a group of people or at least to the pastor under God to be married to this woman. So they don't want to deal with a married man. Well, the funny thing about this, that whole situation was. Um, it was everybody's first time getting the opportunity to see Derek Jackson's wife. And I remember I remember reading the comments and the sentiment from the comments had everything to deal with how the women felt sorry for his wife because at that time when she came forward with him she she wasn't presentable image wise right of course any woman once they get makeup on and dressed up and eyebrows arched and hair done correctly and wearing the clothes that fit their body they're going 
going to look presentable. They're going to look nice. But when she came out by, by his side, she didn't look like what he was cheating with. And most of the time when men cheat, it's never with the type of woman that they're married to or the type of woman that they have babies by. It's always the complete opposite. Well, it made a lot more sense to me um, why she wanted to be seen. Clearly, she knew about him cheating. And hey, you're going to have to talk about this. You're going to have me by your side because I want people to know that I'm not leaving. That's what she's saying. I'm not leaving you. We're going to work through this and we're going to keep on doing our thing. It seems as if he still kind of has his crowd, you know, so he fell down for like maybe like a month and a half. It was a real big, you know, real big kerfuffle, if you will. But he's still holding his ground. But he had a lot of women fooled. He didn't have any of the guys fooled. He didn't have me fooled at all. I knew what his game was. I just didn't know uh, how deep he was into it, into his lie. And then when you would see when you would see the vehicle, he was in the back. He was outside the girl's house that he was cheating with doing a video, just getting done doing the do, which made him even more confident to talk about what he was talking about because he was talking about himself. So there isn't a video to this day that when he's talking, he's not talking about a story that he heard. He's not talking about something that he hasn't been through. He's talking about what he just did, which which makes his content gold because he's talking about himself. He's the he's the dude. That he's telling women to avoid, but yet. He is who he is. And he's been able to capitalize on that. And I guess his body type, his physique, uh, the way he carries himself, he keeps himself groomed that this is this is what women are attracted to. And a lot of times I will tell you this when you're in the industry. Because um, I, I used well, I still kind of I still model and I do little acting jobs from here and there. What your agent will tell you if you become like really, really popular, what they'll tell you is, hey, keep your relationship um, information to a minimum because we still want to be sure that we can market you to women and that women aspire to be with you. And it, as long as you seem like you're available, the consumers of women will still keep on coming in. So I would like to say that I don't think much has slowed down for him. I haven't seen him and his wife do any more videos. I, I don't even know if they if they still if he kept that other video up, he probably took it down. Um, but Derek Jackson is. Uh, I mean, he's he's always been talking about himself the whole time, you know, and it was funny that I went through some of his videos because I was like, damn, dude, it's still at it even after. Even after he came out in the video with his wife, he was still like low key doing it, which is like, that's why I shouted out Tasha K. Cause I was like, dude, still getting caught up. You know, he changed the scenery though. Oh, as a matter of fact, let me show you. This is one of the videos right here. Was this about 11 months? 11 months? Why you struggled to let him go? Yeah, here we go. This is, <laughs> this dude is cutthroat, man. Hold up. It, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for her. It's unfortunate for her, but bro, let me tell you, it was hilarious to me. But the, the part that was 
hilarious was the fact that girl who calling him out on Tasha K was explaining <laughs> she was explaining what her house looked like and everybody was like yo hold on I I just saw a video with the same background that she just described and that, this is it right Team here. Jackson what's happening oh hold on hold on this is it right here and I think I think this is when he just got done doing what he was doing and he got called out. This was hilarious, bro. This was by funny thing that I ever seen. But when you listen to him, though, listen to what I'm saying to you. When you listen to him, he's talking about himself, which makes his content sound somewhat suitable. And it, it, it'll have you listen to it all the way through. But when you're a man trying to get into different relationships, you realize that the information that he's giving you is that it's coming off to pander towards women. And one thing I will say collectively about a lot of men, whether they be white, black, Asian, well, let me not say black or white, Caucasian, Africans, African-Americans, Asian people, etc. We realize that we don't like when other men pander to women. It's like, because you don't have to pander to a woman to get her to like you or even to respect you be who you are and the respect will come lead by example and that person can't try to screw you over because they realize that you're a certain type of way so let's listen to this real quickly because this was hilarious so I was oh by the way this is a fair use this is for educational purposes I'm just sitting here thinking man like on my self kind of live chats almost every week somebody asked that's the question about why is it so hard to let somebody go? It's typically women asking, why is it so hard to let their ex-man, their ex-husband, boyfriend go? Oh, even though he was this and he was that, that was too bad for her to continue being with. And then they usually follow with something like, well, D, am I not loving myself enough? I, I thought I knew my worth. What do I need to do to know my worth even more? Um, let's just deal with that. So typically, the reason I'm playing this video is because, one, he's talking about himself. And two, he's outside the woman's house that called up to Tasha K to tell her <laughs> that this is how you know he was just leaving me because I got a house that looks like this. It has columns and it has uh, two stories, bro. It was hilarious. And then everybody started going to his videos and they were like, yo, dude is right outside the old girl house. Even after, even after uh, he did a video conference with his wife, uh, via YouTube. Hard time letting somebody go. And this is man or woman, but speaking to women here because that's who asked the question. It ain't got a whole lot to do with the so anyway. I can't take too much of him. Um, but he is who he is, and he hopefully he made a uh, uh I guess a good substantial amount of money for himself to to help take care of his kids and his wife because at the end of it uh, no matter what he did um i have i have compassion for people who do get married and they have children the children are the most important you're right uh, because they're the ones that get affected the most in the long run so anyway typically i i usually do an hour it's at an hour and 17 minutes so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up hopefully i can take this video and chop it into a whole bunch of shorts and do what we do but we just like uh we try to have like a little lunch break and do what we do and kind of talk to you guys and see what's going on on certain things hopefully some of the 
uh, audio was good and I didn't have any latency issues or I, or if I was borging out every time I get on StreamYard, they'd be trying me. But let's do this. Let's go ahead and add this to the stream. If I haven't said it already, I am the best-selling author of the books uh, Say Hello to Me and Girlfriend versus Wife Duties. If you want to learn a lot more about me, by all means, go to DarshanMcAway.com. It should be right there on the bottom of your screen. If you want to donate to the show, by all means, you can send in a super chat or you can hit the cash app. If not, it's OK. I'll be all right. I'll still keep on doing what I'm doing. I enjoy talking to you guys on my lunch break uh, anyway. So, again, uh, feel free to check me out. If you have any questions, I do have answers. Go ahead and email me at wildpodcast at mail dot com. If you would like to interview me, just hit me up. We'll talk about a time. Uh, if you want to talk about a book or a business on my podcast, uh, feel free to email me and I'll send you the protocol. I will say this. I do charge for my time uh, when it comes to interviewing people, because that is a form of marketing and advertising to get the word out about who you are and what your product is about. Um, again, if you have any nieces, nephews, uh, any children, uh, feel free to go to babyauthors.com. That is my children's publishing company. Uh, I would say, too, if you have a book that you want to try to come out with, uh, we're not really taking on any submissions, but I can definitely point you in the right direction to kind of help you going with your children's book. Or if you know somebody who has a children's book and they want to talk about the book to get their sales, then uh, feel free to do so. Please keep in mind, though, um, my children's books are in all retail stores, Barnes and Nobles, Target, Books a Million, and especially Walmart. So big shout out to Walmart for looking out for me and my family. We really do appreciate them. We've been doing business with them for quite some time. So again, I'm your host, Arshawn McAway. Uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Peace.